0: reaching out for support and getting access to mental health is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength a sign of your mental toughness isn't pushing through you're an athlete we know you can tolerate the pain we know you can push through that's not a sign of your mental toughness your mental toughness is can you hold yourself back your recovery is now your sport and all of the energy and effort you are putting into competition now needs to go into your recovery
1: today's guest is viz expert Carrie jackson cheadle a mental performance coach who specializes in mental training, resilience, and injuries. Carrie has helped hundreds of athletes recover from injuries and come back to competition stronger than ever. Carrie is also the author of two books, On Top of Your Game, Mental Skills to Maximize Your Athletic Performance, and Rebound, Train Your Mind to Bounce Back Stronger from Sport Injuries. She's also the co-host of the Injured Athlete Podcast. In this episode, Carrie shares with us the importance of having a positive mindset when recovering from injuries. She walks us through some of the mental drills that can help us alter negative self-talk, shifting our mindset to go from seeing injuries as devastating obstacles to seeing them as opportunities for growth. Carrie also emphasizes that reaching out for support and getting access to mental health is never a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. Injury is part of sport. It's definitely part of the journey that we all go through as athletes. We are never alone in that experience and it does not make us a worse or weaker athlete. The way we approach injuries and the resilience that it can build in all of us will actually make us better and stronger competitors.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I'd love to just start with your journey. I think it's really interesting actually, you did not play sport growing up. So can we talk about what got you into this field and interested in mental performance consulting? Yeah.
0: My undergraduate was in psychology. So I was always really interested in human behavior and behavior change. But when I graduated, as I was walking across the stage, I realized that I didn't want to become a therapist and then I wasn't sure what to do. So at that time I moved to Tahoe and was doing my own sports and my sports at that time were snowboarding and rock climbing. And so as I lived in Tahoe, and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was having these experiences as an athlete and noticing some of the psychology behind my performance as well as my friends. And then my mom was looking at a program because she was going to get her master's in counseling and she saw a brochure for a sports psychology program and she's like, oh, hey, I picked this up for you. I know you're interested in continuing your education. I thought you might want to check this out. And I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I had no idea sports psychology existed. So it all just really came together in this amazing way where I was like, I know I want to help people. I don't think there the way I want to do it. That was before the positive psychology movement had come along. But having those sport experiences myself, including injury, and then having her show me that sports psychology existed. I went to the next open house and signed up. And started my program and
1: on to have a master's in sports psychology and you're also an adjunct professor so we have a lot to learn yeah. from you i want to talk a little bit about your book too because your book was released in 2019 and it's such an important moment right now because mental health is even more of a priority during covid and these girls they're in need of having access to amazing women like you which is what we're launching on voice and sport platform but also just to destigmatize the idea that accessing mental health is somewhat not cool so can you just talk a little bit about that like how do you bring it to a place where the conversation is positive
0: Oh my gosh. I love this question. Really a lot of it's about flipping it and understanding that reaching out for support and getting access to mental health is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And one of the interesting paths that I ended up taking is I had the opportunity to work with people on their mental health through performance enhancement and through the door of the avenue of their sport. And sometimes it was through that door of let's see how we can help reduce your performance anxiety and feel more confident in your ability to accomplish really big goals and help with your focus and seeing the impact there, it started to broaden to where else could I have a positive impact on my life if I worked on my mental health? So it's about completely flipping the script. And I think that's what a lot of athletes are doing now, professional athletes coming out and talking about mental health. And then also just all athletes saying, Hey, you know what? It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And why wouldn't you reach out for support if you need support?
1: We talk a lot about the gym to work on our muscles and our physical side, but when we come to mental fitness somehow it's just not as talked about it as much and honestly not taken as seriously, especially in that younger age of high school and college. So can you help us wrap our heads around how would you define what mental fitness is?
0: Yeah, I think it's funny I first used that term in my first book, and the way I described it then, this idea of mental fitness, I would say, you know, how a sign of your physical fitness is if you jump on the treadmill and you run some sprints, how quickly your heart rate comes back to your resting heart rate. With mental fitness, it's how quickly can you adapt and adjust when you're faced with a setback, right? So a lot of mental fitness has to do with this idea of resilience. But I think the other piece of mental fitness that people are understanding now, and what I would also add to it is with physical fitness, there's specific exercises you can do in order to get stronger. Same thing with mindset coaching and mental training. We don't often think of things like goal setting or focus or confidence or resilience as skills, but they are all skills and there are exercises you can do to help strengthen your mental fitness. So I think that's one of the things too that's changing is in the past people would think, well, you're either mentally strong or not and just get over yourself, pull yourself up and you'll be fine. Like. It's not how it works. There's actually skills you can work on to feel more confident, to feel less anxious. And sometimes it's just about learning how your brain operates and learning how to retrain your brain and learning the skills that are there for you.
1: Okay. So if you're in high school, where do you start?
0: Wow. That's a great question. I think that a lot of the work that I'm doing has to do with the thoughts that we're feeding ourselves. So I talk about this in my first book, actually, I talk about it in both, we all have a little monster on one shoulder and a little athlete on the other and whichever one you feed is the one that's getting stronger. So we tend to be very good at feeding the monster and not so good at feeding the athlete. So that's one really nice place to start is how can we start practicing feeding the athlete. Another way to think of it is like, how do I stop listening to the monster and start talking to the athlete? Because the monster is always there and it's not a bad thing, it's there for a very important reason. But if that's the only one we're feeding, that's the only one that's getting stronger.
1: I love that visual. And it's so true. That inner voice is so important to how you feel every day and how you think about your goals. So I want to talk a little bit about how you have then taken your career and all your experience in sports psychology from your master's and shift into this one area of focus of injury. And you created the Injured Athlete Club. You also have the Injured Athlete Podcast. So talk to me a little bit about how did you get to the this area of focus and what is the importance of having a community for mental health, especially when you're going through injury?
0: Yeah, the road here to this particular area of expertise is interesting. I actually was injured. I had a a knee injury, a torn meniscus that I had surgery for while I was a snowboarder and, and rock climber before I went into my master's program. And I had a really hard time recovering from that injury and feeling confident in my knee again, especially with rock climbing and doing some specific moves. And I had a tough recovery. And then fast forward, I went on to get my master's in sports psychology a few years later and ended up injuring my left knee with a torn MCL in just a freak snowboarding accident. And almost immediately as they're taking me down the mountain on the sled, I was like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use everything that I'm learning about sports psychology and apply it to my recovery and see what happens. And my experience was so profound profoundly different from that first knee injury to the second, that it was so obvious to me that everybody needed access to this and how do we help people understand how to use these skills specifically for the injured athlete process. And to me, that was really important. So not only was it going through my own experience, but I worked with a lot of cyclists early in my career. And when you work with cyclists, you're going to work with people coming back from a crash. And so I helped them with these same skills. And some of them came back to have their best season ever, myself included. So it took me a while to finally get to the place where I specialized in it and wrote the book and realized this needs to exist. When Cindy and I, Cindy Kuzma is my co-author, when we were working on the book several times as we're actually writing the book, we would stop in the middle of writing and go, how does this not exist? How is there not already a book for injured athletes? In the psychology of injury, there's textbooks, but nothing for the athlete. So it was really exciting to be able to do that. And for me, because of the work I've done in other areas, I knew how critical it would be to also create the community so that athletes during a time when they feel isolated, could know that they're not alone and that there are many other athletes out there that do get it and are going through the same thing. And it's just, there's a different level of support you can get when you're with other people that are also athletes and have gone through what you're going through or are going through what you're going through. So for me, that was a no-brainer. I knew I would also create a community around it.
1: Having each other to support and inspire each other during your journey, it's why we built Voice in Sport. So I can't believe also that this wasn't existing And I love that you went forward and just crushed it and have these amazing books, the podcast. I do think it's pretty common though, when you think about injuries as an athlete, it's like, you just want to forget it, get through it. So I love that idea that you can rise back after injuries and have a better comeback than ever before. Have you seen that a lot with some of the athletes that you've been working with?
0: Yeah, both with the athletes that I've worked with and then also with athletes we've interviewed for the book and for the podcast, it's interesting time and time again, will have people independently of each other say, I wouldn't wish this on anyone and I don't necessarily want to go, have, to go through this again, but I'm so glad that I did because I'm a better athlete because of it. Like they're either a better athlete or it took them to a different place in their career that they never could have gone through had they not gone through that injury. So it's really interesting the different ways that people have actually grown through it and part of my goal was to help people realize that earlier because sometimes people don't come to that until they can reflect on it much later and so I wanted to flip things around and help people recognize when you're privileged enough to call yourself an athlete for long enough there's a good chance you're going to face an injury and this is just your turn. So how can we use this as a part of your athletic journey instead of feeling like you're cast aside until you can produce again. Because I think that's what a lot of athletes feel like when they're injured is like, all right, well, we'll see you when you're back. In a time when they need the most support, they're getting the least. And so it was just time to flip that entire culture around mental health and then also around the injury recovery process and being an injured athlete.
1: In your book, you cite research proving that deliberate focus on practices like goal setting, imagery, and positive self-talk can actually affect how well and how swiftly athletes recover. So let's go into a little bit of the details. In your book, you actually talk about the 15 essential skills for injury recovery. So can you share some of those with us? Yes. So
0: there's the 15 different skills. These are like the mental training skills that will help you through your injury recovery process. And then for each of those skills, there's different mental training drills that you can do to build up that skill. So there's some that are foundational, really support you through this whole process that are build the base where all these other skills might then grow from. So those skills are like confidence, focus goal setting, motivation, and stress management. Then from there, we look at leveling up to other skills that'll have an impact. And those skills are more like attitude, communication, self-awareness, discipline, resilience. So all of the skills that are in there lead athletes to help them build their hardiness. So hardiness is basically this construct that's made up of three different aspects. And those three aspects are commitment, which is, can you continue to put one foot in front of the other despite encountering a challenge or a setback? Control is, do you feel like you have some influence over what's happening in the circumstances? So you understand what's in your control and what's out of your control. and can put your effort and energy into the things that you could still have influence over and then challenge, which is you see life's stressors as a normal part of life. And these are just challenges that you're going to come up against and they're not going to change. And it's not something that's happening to you. It's just something that's happening. And so these three, aspects all together make up hardiness. And we know that athletes that are higher in levels of hardiness have uh, better outcomes with their injury recovery and are also less likely to get injured. So all of those skills in the book and all the drills that help you with those skills are all building to this idea of how can we increase your level of hardiness.
1: I love that. That's such great practical advice that every skill has a drill. And again, just relating it back to your physical body and treating your mental health in that same. I think is so critical. Okay. I am curious, which ones are the most common for athletes in terms of what they face when they're recovering from an injury?
0: Great question. One of the ones I see people struggle with a lot is, am I going to be the same athlete I was before my injury? Am I going to be able to perform to the same potential? Also not feeling confident in their body to be able to perform to the same level. And then the next piece of that is the fear of re-injury. And so we go into protective mode sometimes when we've been injured and your brain's job is to protect the body. And so it's natural for that to happen. But sometimes those fears of re-injury really get in the athlete's way of their recovery. Another one I see, especially with my high school and college athletes is, That they're worried about letting their teammates down or worried that their teammates won't think that they're working hard enough on their recovery and sometimes feeling guilty about not being able to help their team. So there's a lot of feelings around that that people feel as well, in addition to feeling that loss of identity of not being able to do the thing that they love and be with the people that they enjoy being with.
1: Yeah, you're bringing back a lot of memories. I wish I would have been better equipped to go into an injury with the right mindset. So let's break down the process, starting with beginning of an injury. That can be one of the most difficult and confusing times for many athletes. So let's say you're a young female athlete who just sustained an injury. What is something that you would say to that young female athlete right away when they have first become injured?
0: I think the first thing is just recognizing How they're feeling in that moment. That's a big thing in the beginning. You're just on this big roller coaster of emotions throughout the whole injury process. But when you first get injured, it can feel very devastating, especially, you know, depending on the severity of the injury. At what point were you in your season? So, really acknowledging, I'm so sorry that you're going through this and I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. Sometimes you really have to hold the space for those feelings and allow them to feel their feelings before they're ready to then look at, okay, what can I do about this? There's timing involved with the idea of, can I turn this off? into an opportunity and the first thing is just it's okay to feel what you're feeling right now and also knowing that they're not alone and the other thing I'll tell people to in the beginning is as much as we can right now your job is to help try and balance out the stress that you're under and because stress can impact the recovery process so I'm usually working on making sure they're reaching out for support what are some things that they enjoy doing that they can still do and I'll give those things as homework like your job today is to go watch one of your favorite comedy movies to just as much as we can and balance out the stress that they're under.
1: Is there a different approach you take with athletes going a long-term injury versus, oh, I sprained my ankle.
0: What's interesting is the actual impact on the athlete in the beginning is the same. No matter the severity or the length, in the very beginning, there's a spike in the negative emotions that people will feel during that time. When it's a prolonged recovery, then we're looking at maybe including some other skills during that process. Again, there's still going to be the emotional roller coaster because there's going to be times where you might feel burnt out. So we're working on motivation, especially sometimes with some of the rehabs. Um, And the recovery, you might hit a plateau with these longer term where you're not seeing progress and to continue to do the rehab that will eventually lead to progress, but you're not seeing it. um, Working on that motivation and goal setting is a really big deal with the long-term recovery.
1: Okay. Amazing. So I think that shift in energy on what to focus on when you first have an injury is so important. And in your book, you mentioned three musts to rebound. So can you tell us what those three are? Yeah.
0: So the three messages I really like to try and impart to injured athletes is understanding that the recovery process is both mental and physical and you ask any injured athlete that and they get that there's definitely a mental component that comes along with it so really understanding that the injury recovery is both mental and physical and then understanding that your mindset does affect your recovery in many different aspects and so that it's worth working on that during this time not only is it worth it to work on it because it helps you through the recovery process but you're building skills that you're going to be able to use when you're back in action and then just making sure you embrace your ability to positively influence your trajectory so it does make a difference the other piece I talk to a lot of my athletes about is helping them understand your recovery is now your sport and all of the energy and effort you are putting into competition now needs to go into your recovery when we think about it that way and I give them mental drills to work on in addition to doing the rehab that they're doing they still feel like an athlete you're still an athlete your athletic journey happens to be getting through this injury
1: thank you for listening to the voice in sport podcast my name is Zasha Bolhawk and I am the producer of this voice in sport podcast episode I run track and cross country at the University of Houston I love working with voice in sport in order to empower young girls and women in sports and I would love it if you would join us in trying to make a change Go follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Voice in Sport for more amazing content. You can also sign up for free and join our community of female athletes at voiceinsport.com for mentorship, sports content, and inspiration. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the rest of this episode. And the thing that comes up so often with athletes, especially female athletes, is nutrition. And we know that female athletes in high school are eight times more likely to incur injury when they are reporting disordered eating. So I'm assuming that you have a lot of instances where you're working with athletes, female athletes specifically, where they're having to think through their nutrition and how to sustain that while during an injury and potentially during a disordered eating conversation. So can you help us understand what do you do with those athletes?
0: Yeah, we did a free webinar on this topic through the Injured Athletes Club group because it's such a big topic for athletes. The other thing we'll see too is not only can disordered eating potentially lead to injury, but when an athlete gets injured, it can sometimes be a trigger for disordered eating. So a lot of people will have concerns about weight gain when they aren't able to do their sport and they're recovering from injury, and then they're possibly not getting in the nutrients their body needs in order to recover. So it's a really big topic and a really important one. And a lot of times I'm referring athletes to a sports dietitian or a sports nutritionist to talk about what does my body need right now in order to recover? And what does my body then need once I'm back to higher levels of intensity to make sure that you're supported nutritionally as you're asking more of your body. A lot of times I'm telling people too, sometimes it's not about, well, let's get more confident. No, you need to understand what kind of food you need to be putting in your body. So it's an important piece of the recovery process. What
1: is one drill that you can do during the beginning of your journey when you first become injured?
0: We have one called the emotion decoder. I have the saying that I use, which is called go FAR. So FAR is an acronym for feel, accept, recover. So before you can get to recovery and now building yourself back stronger, you need to be able to accept I am injured. And before you can get to a place of acceptance, you got to feel your feelings so the emotion decoder is an interesting exercise because it's a list of all these different emotions that you might be feeling. And you can go through and circle each emotion that you have gone through. And then sometimes I'll have my athletes journal about it a little bit, I'll write a couple sentences about each one, or if we're working together, we'll talk about each one because there's such power just in naming what you're feeling, that there's something about that process of labeling it and naming it that helps you move through it to acceptance. If we keep fighting against it, you're just prolonging the process. You're prolonging your recovery because you're not ready to do the things that you need to do in order to really work on your recovery. So for me, that's a big one. And we're not always good at labeling our emotions because our brains like to clump things into categories for easy access. So we're just like, this feels good. This feels not good. Like we put them in these general categories, but when you have the list and you go, Oh, I'm feeling guilty or I'm feeling remorse or I'm feeling frustrated or confused when you hit the actual thing that you're feeling. Now you've pulled it up to the surface and you have something to work with.
1: It's a bigger problem we have in society where we we don't like to talk often about how we're feeling if it's a negative. And I think the most common form of that is when you ask somebody how they're doing and they say, fine and they just sort of rub it off. And that can take you to a pretty bad place if you aren't careful and just start becoming comfortable with talking holistically about all your feelings. Yeah,
0: and we have all of them for a reason. So I like to not even label them as good or bad or positive or negative. Really, they're all important and they're all messages that are trying to tell us something. And if we lean into them instead of try and run away from them, we can actually do something with it and learn from them.
1: To continue listening to this podcast, please go to voiceinsport.com and sign up for free and join our community. Carrie goes on to talk about the key to having a successful comeback from an injury, how to turn obstacles to opportunities, and how to create an effective visualization script to help us recover. Head to minute number 22 to get started on voiceinsport.com. This week's episode was produced and edited by Viz creator, Zosia Bohan, a track and cross-country athlete from the University of Houston. So thankful that Carrie could share her knowledge with us today, and you won't want to miss the ending. You can follow Carrie on Instagram at Feed the and join her Facebook group at Injured Athlete Club. You can also find her latest book, Rebound, online and in stores. Please subscribe to the Voice in Sport podcast, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, And send this episode to a friend that you might think will enjoy the conversation. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Voice in Sport. If you're interested in joining our community, sign up today for free at voiceinsport.com to get started. When you join Voice in Sport, you gain access to our exclusive content and podcasts, mentorship sessions from professional athletes, and access to the top experts in sports psychology and nutrition like Carrie. You might also want to check out other episodes featuring Woop and Viz expert Kristen Holmes in episode number 59, Rate Your Recovery, to learn more about how Viz and Woop partnership can help you when you are injured. See you next week on the Voice in Sport podcast.